So if now is not the time, I don't know when it will be next. And if we don't take advantage of this, shame on us. We have the opportunity to strengthen North America. And if we do that, that is a counterweight to the other forces around the world that want to create instability. Welcome to Canusa Street, a podcast at the intersection of the issues and policies between Canada and the United States. Here are your hosts, Scotty Greenwood and Chris Sands. Welcome back to Canusa Street, everybody. I'm Scotty Greenwood, and I'm joined with my amigo, Chris Sands of the Woodrow Wilson Center. Hey, Chris, how are you? Hi, Scotty. Nice to see you, a fellow amigo. And we have a third amigo. That's right, we do. And it's been a big week in the North American neighborhood. And we're talking about Amigos because it was the Three Amigos Summit in Mexico City this week. And for today's podcast, we have a wonderful guest who participated in much of the activities of the Three Amigos Summit. Uh, and we're going to talk to her about that and about her business and what's going on. Her name is Jennifer Pierce. I'm really excited to talk to her. And Chris, why don't I turn it over to you to introduce our guest properly? Oh, excellent. Well, thanks, Scotty. This is a really exciting get for us because Jennifer Pierce is the president of TC Energia and TC Energy Corporation. She's worked for TC Energy Corporation, but she's president of the TC Energia, which is the, the Mexican unit. Ms. Pierce took the role in May 1st, 2021. And in this role, she's responsible for leading all the aspects of the Mexico business unit of the company. She joined TC Energy as senior vice president for human resources in April of 2019. And previously, she was an executive with Transalta, another great Canadian company, and led acquisitions and, and clean energy development, engineering, and construction as senior vice president for business development. Um, a great get. And I'm pleased to say she's got a master's degree from George Washington University around the corner, uh, which uh, you know makes you welcome uh, in Washington anytime. Well, Jennifer, in addition to uh, the activities in Mexico City this week that we want to talk to you about, you and I met in Mexico City at the North Capital Forum, uh, and we were celebrating the incredible business success that TC has had in Mexico um, with a new pipeline process that we want to talk about, something that's actually difficult <laughs> anywhere in the world to build a new project. So we want to know how how you pulled it off. And also just for our listeners, because the world is small and because the North American neighborhood is small, uh, Jennifer's sister, Susanna Pierce, is a good friend of the program and is the former chair of the Canadian American Business Council. So we like to keep everything in the family and the Pierce sisters are absolutely rocking the continent. Jennifer, what can I say? Well, well, thank you for that, and and it's a pretty high bar to meet with my sister. But let, let's let's talk a little bit about TC Energy in Mexico, and and it is a great news story. Uh, TC Energy people probably know is we're one of the largest energy infrastructure companies in Canada and the United States. Well, we are actually one of the largest in Mexico as well, and we are the number one Canadian investor in all of Mexico. And our company has been there almost 30 years, and we move 25% of all the natural gas in Mexico. That's really important. It's really important because we are the essence of a North American company. We are Canadian-based, and we move 25% of all the natural gas in North America. And the gas we move to Mexico is from the United States. Now, what we're really excited about is in 2022, we announced the formation of a strategic partnership 
with the Commission Federal de Electricidad, or CFE in Mexico. And this is the first of its kind in Mexico. And we actually think it's a great model going forward for public-private partnerships. Now, what our partnership involves is um, the formation of a, um, a separate company that will uh, house uh, several different pipelines. And we also agreed that we would jointly develop, construct, own, and operate a brand new pipeline to serve Southeast Mexico called Puerta El Cereste, or Southeast Gateway Pipeline in English. And this is an exciting project for all of us because, first of all, it fits very well within Mexico's priority to connect the north and the south of the country. There's significant economic disparity between those two regions, and the south has not had the opportunity to benefit from a stable, clean resource of energy such as natural gas to really be a catalyst for economic prosperity and social development. And so this pipeline was very important to the president, very important to his administration, very important to the CFE. And by partnering with TC Energy, this is our second marine pipeline in Mexico. And so we bring with us tremendous technical capability and experience to jointly develop this really um, important piece of energy infrastructure. Natural gas is Mexico's energy transition fuel. The country is purposely and very progressively moving off of higher carbon fuels to underpin their electricity grid with natural gas powered generation. And we are just thrilled to play this role to be a supporter in the government and CFE's uh, program to advance uh, cleaner energy sources in their country and bring more economic stability. And this is really important for North America. I've heard on your conversations and your podcasts, and we've all been reading the news that the war in the Ukraine continues. So North America's role today is more important than ever, not only to being a source of clean energy solutions for the world, but as we see more and more, I don't know if you want to call it nearshoring or reshoring, and more opportunity to source industrial development in Mexico as a secure place to promote manufacturing for the United States and Canada, Underpinning that with a solid, stable, clean electricity grid is critical for the continent. And so we're really happy to be a part of this. And we've had tremendous support from the Mexican government to be a partner in this. Well, Jennifer, that's amazing. And how do you, how would you say you pulled it off? You know, I mean, because it's, this is not a small, building a new pipeline anywhere is not a small development and working with the Lopez Obrador government is not uh, necessarily like falling off a log. It's it's work. So how, how do you think you pulled it off? Well, of course, we have a tremendous team of people here in Mexico. Um, you know, we have a team that's 500 people strong. We have a great local team of people that have built over 30 years, very trusting relationships. You know, we've survived or thrived through multiple political administrations. And the reason we have is, first of all, we don't compete with the government. And second of all, we're providing an essential service and we are truly looking for win-win solutions. I mean, this solution was crafted out of a dispute where we were both disputing um, you know, the, the accountability for delays on another pipeline project we had. But through that, we actually could see a much bigger opportunity where we knew if we could come together and that we could keep, uh, take advantage of each other's strengths. You know, the strength of CFE is their understanding of the political apparatus within the country. 
their local connectivity. I mean, they have the largest transmission grid. They're the ninth largest utility in the world. So they have tremendous understanding of local communities and stakeholders and the government system. What we bring, financial capability, technical capability, more experience than anybody in Mexico on how to build pipelines safely and from a very ethical standpoint. And so honestly, it was very much about finding mutual mutual opportunity, building trust, and then just driving a schedule to achieve the outcomes to come to a win-win solution that we could get blessed by our board, have endorsed by our shareholders and the rating agencies, and that they could go to the president and the state governors and other government officials and stand behind and say, this is good for Mexico. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jennifer, I want to ask you, and this is mainly because we're a Canusa street, we do Canada, the US, and I know some of our listeners don't follow Mexico, but my understanding is that uh, for Mexico, energy is first federal, as opposed to state, and second, that after World War II, when there was a sort of nationalization of oil and so on, that there's been this sense that these resources belong to the Mexican people. So how how have you partnered in a way that doesn't you know threaten the Mexicans at all or f- make them feel their resources are being carted away by foreigners? Um, it, it it's got to be a tricky balancing act. And how have you found dealing with how Mexico views its energy versus the participation of foreign companies? Yeah. So so almost thirty years ago, really right after they struck the first North American Free Trade Agreement. Mexico liberalized its energy, its natural gas pipeline system. And so that is the cornerstone of a liberalized market when it comes to energy infrastructure and natural gas transmission. We're not talking about oil and gas production, which is managed and controlled by PEMEX. We're talking about the movement of gas molecules. And that is um, deregulated. And so when we think about that, and the CFE is very, you know, that's under the auspice of the CFE. And the auspice of the CFE is very much focused on um, building and maintaining a stable and ever in, ever improving uh, electric energy infrastructure. And so the gas infrastructure is something they're not going to be a part of. It's not their expertise. They have contracted with all of the natural gas pipelines in the country to provide them um, natural gas capacity for industrial as well as power generation. So when I talk about we're not competing with the government, we truly aren't. Um, this is something that, for lack of a better word, they have outsourced, and they're very comfortable with the relationship that companies such as ourselves have provided them with that service. And we have found, like all good relationships, sometimes you have disputes. But we have found the opportunities, and we did as we did at the beginning of this administration, to construct win-win solutions. Uh, and I think what we've seen across the natural gas pipeline industry, um, we're very collaborative. And we're trying to find ways to to support the industry. We think natural gas is really important. And the CFE does as well. And so they're looking at ourselves and other pipelines that serve different parts of the country. How can we partner with you to bring more grid stability? How can we partner with you to actually become a net LNG exporter? Because we've got a ton of access to tidewater. Um, we're collaborating with CFE on opportunities to export LNG to Europe on the East Coast. Other parties are collaborating with CFE to move LNG off the West Coast. And so I think that the Mexican government is demonstrating, at least in the area of natural gas and LNG, 
how do they have strategic partnerships? And I think the model that we've we've um, developed and launched last year is one they want to replicate. And we'd be thrilled if they were able to replicate that with other participants. Oh, fantastic. And and I want to pick up on that that idea of export. You know, after World War II, North America was the breadbasket of the world, and we were helping to feed people who were starving after the devastation of the war. It feels like now with Ukraine and so on, there's a moment when you see leaders, uh, the Japanese prime minister came through uh, Ottawa and Washington the other day. We've seen the Europeans and others saying, help us with energy, help us with LNG, help us with, with it. And it's really, a, it's not a question of, do we have the goods? It's, can we get it to them? Um, do you think that's a moment that we're in, you know, just because of the invasion of Ukraine? Or do you think that as we work on a larger energy transition, that this is this thing has legs, that LNG exports from North America to other markets is something that will be a, an ongoing factor in global energy markets now? I, I know that's that's a big question, but... Well, it's a big question, but I think it's a really important question because I'm not sure where else in the world you could find reliable, low-cost, sustainable supplies of LNG where you could put your hand on your heart and say, this was developed ethically, this was developed safely, and we trust that the contracts that we've made are legitimate. And we're very involved. I mean, the United States is the number one exporter of energy to Europe now. We're really involved in export opportunities in Canada, primarily off the Pacific coast with our partnership with LNG Canada. And we're collaborating with the Mexican government, as I mentioned. And so I think this is long-term sustainable opportunity to provide the world with a very um, important energy resource that they can count on and one that can really help facilitate and even in some instances accelerate the advancement of energy transition, the development of renewables, other technologies to support grid stability. I think LNG can truly be a backbone globally and North America has an abundance of it. So I think it's a great opportunity long-term. Fantastic. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break here. And when we come back, uh, I'm gonna ask Jennifer about the week she's had because it has been a week. We're recording this on a Friday and uh, this has been, a every day is a busy day, but this has been an eventful week in the North American neighborhood and in Mexico City and for Jennifer Pierce and TC in particular. So we're gonna talk about that uh, when we come back. The Wilson Centers Canada Institute is a proud co-producer of the Canusa Street Podcast. For more insights and analysis from the world's leading think tank on Canada-U.S. relations, please visit us on the web at www.wilsoncenter.org. Welcome back to Canusa Street, everyone. I'm here with Scotty Greenwood, my great co-host, and we're talking with Jennifer Pierce, from TC Energy, who is the president of TC Energia in Mexico and was just down in Mexico for the North American Leaders Summit. Well, and actually, Jennifer lives in Mexico City, we know. Um, Jennifer, maybe I would love to just have a day in the life, uh, and and in particular this week. Can you tell take our listeners behind the curtain a little bit about what you were up to when the president of the United States, the prime minister of Canada, uh, came to Mexico City with their delegations and and met with 
uh, presumably you, other business leaders, and also met with the president of Mexico. Can you talk to us about what that was like? Yeah, well, listen, it was a tremendous week for, for Mexico, for North America. And from my vantage point, it was thrilling to see that each country brought their very best, not just the best out of government, as you would expect, but they brought with them business delegations. And I know specifically the Canadian delegation brought community leaders and cultural leaders. And so, as you can imagine around these summits, they focuses on many diplomatic and foreign policy areas, but also in the energy areas around energy and food security, migration, and cultural exchanges. And so um, Canada had a large business delegation that I was fortunate that our CEO, Francois Poirier, I think was quite frankly the leader of, and right. which would be which would be obvious given our position in the country. And I think that we're we're looking for those partnerships and collaborations with with like entities and the governments to support economic development. So there are a bunch of meetings earlier in the week with regards to how do we create more connectivity amongst the business and community leaders and the cultural leaders. Um, there were meetings directly with the prime minister as it relates to the Canadian delegation. Um, I was fortunate enough to also participate in sessions with the first ladies, which I can tell you was really interesting. Oh yeah. What was that like? Discussion. Well, yeah, you know, it was it was quite fantastic because it was hosted by president Lopez Obrador's wife, who's quite an accomplished uh, researcher as well. She's Dr. Beatrice Gutierrez, uh, as well as Dr. Jill Biden and Sophie Gregoire Trudeau. And, and I can tell you the conversation because I was amongst a uh, small group of very distinguished women from Canada, the United States and Mexico. And the conversation was not just about issues of importance relative to exchange between our three countries, but really focused on some very personal issues as it relates to um, creating safe spaces, creating safe spaces around mental health, um, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau happens to be writing a book on this topic. So it's very passionate and energized around this, but it was a unifying conversation and it was a unifying conversation in such that, you know, a tremendous amount of energy and power that that room could actually enable some of the, the key threads that need to happen to make our, our cultures and our people more sustainable. And obviously as a female business leader, I'm very keen to see what we can do to advance the role of women in our three countries and ensure that they have a meaningful part in our future and our economic prosperity. Um, I think the Canadians brought their best team. I think the Canadians are looking at this as a significant opportunity to increase trade and exports and Canada is an export nation. And I think it's important because it's much easier for the Americans who are closer to Mexico to see those tremendous opportunities and I'm hopeful that the Canadians see that there's a great opportunity to invest and partner with Mexican companies. And I've been clamoring and bugging the Canadian mission here in Mexico is please bring your ministers down. Please um, talk to them about the opportunity. The stories you see in the headlines are not the stories that really happen here. Um, we've had tremendous success partnering. We have high confidence yeah. in our ability to be here for the long term. Just because you see it in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times does not mean that that's really what's happening here. And I think you need to get down here and experience it. So that's a big positive, I think, for this from this week's trip. Interesting. And one more question for me. I know we're getting close to the end here. But in those discussions that you were having in the meetings and on the and in the margins of the meetings, um, did it does it seem to you uh the way it seems to me that this finally this idea of a North American idea where all three countries operate as a unit. Do you think that 
the time has arrived because honestly, it's some trilateralism is something we've talked about for many years. And for various reasons, each of the three different countries, the three amigos didn't love it, but it feels like, and I'd love for you to just, you know, pressure, I'd like to pressure test this to you. It feels like all three governments are ready to go with the North American idea. I know that Mexico and the United States were, were, pitching this for months and I was wondering whether Canada would agree and it seems like all three have agreed is that am I reading that right Jennifer well I wouldn't want to speculate on if they've agreed on everything together um I think we see there's a necessity at least in the energy stream there's a necessity to collaborate and have a continental approach to energy and the environment we are much stronger together than we are bilaterally. And that bilateral relationship has been U.S.-Canada, U.S.-Mexico, Canada-U.S. And I think Canada could do even more with Mexico. No doubt. I think as, yeah. I think as we see this moment in time and what we've seen with the uh, instability in Europe with Russia and frankly, the instability in Asia, we have to come together. And if we come together, there is so much tremendous opportunity because we share values. Our families are connected across three countries. Our children have the opportunity or should to be educated in one country or the other. And the supply chains and the energy value streams were very connected. So if now is not the time, I don't know when it will be next. And if we don't take advantage of this, shame on us. We have the opportunity to pivot, to accelerate, and really to find an opportunity to strengthen North America. And if we do that, that is a counterweight to the other forces around the world that want to create instability. It is time we come together and don't just put it on the back of the Americans. North America can have an incredible role in feeding the world, energizing the world, and creating a very strong beacon of what democracy, communication, trust, and collaboration can achieve. Amen, amen, sister. You know, right before the summit started, to your to your last point there about us being a beacon, there was unrest in Brasilia, in the capital of Brazil. And before Prime Minister Trudeau even got off the plane uh, into Mexico City, the three leaders issued a joint communique uh, condemning the violence and unrest in Brasilia. And uh, President Lopez Obrador talked about that uh, at length, <laughs> as he's wont to do at his closing con press conference. So I thought that was interesting. Anyway, over to you, Chris. Oh, well, I, you know, I want to build on all of this, but I'm going to pick up on something, Jennifer, that you, you raised that really strikes a chord with me. Um, one of the things that came out of the North American Leaders Summit was a commitment on uh, study abroad and, and encouraging students maybe because it's the nature of podcasts we do have a lot of listeners who are you know still just starting their careers and getting going so i know we have a lot of work to do and i know enough people in europe who say that number one thing they love about the european union was always that you could study in each other's countries make friends across different nationalities date across nationalities and build a sort of europe there if you could just as a closing thought not not so much talk to your peers but to that younger generation who's coming up, North America is their home. What What's the advice? How do you build a career in, in the North America that we're building today? If you're a young person, what should they do uh, to take advantage of that? Well, listen, I think what young people should do is um, try different hats on. 
-hmm. Go and work in different places. And if you have the opportunity to study or work in Canada, the United States, or Mexico, do it. I was so fortunate to grow up in Canada, but be educated in the United States and work in Latin America. Now I work in Mexico. One of the greatest learning things I ever did is I worked in Washington, D.C. because it's the midpoint. It's a nexus. Uh, and um, you know everybody comes there. And it was a wonderful time when I was there to do that. I would encourage kids to do that. Take that semester abroad. You don't need to go to Europe. Um, go to Washington, go to Ottawa, go to Toronto, go to Mexico City or Monterey or Guadalajara. There's so much to do on our own continent. Um, build friendships, build relationships, and change jobs to learn um, how to do different things. It's super transferable. So that's my quick advice. That's good. You know what? That's really good advice. Sorry, Chris. That's great advice. And what I would say is while you're trying on hats, try on a hard hat. Because I, kn I know that uh, energy companies, infrastructure companies have opportunities right across North America for uh, people that want to learn skills. So it's Washington, sure, Ottawa, if you have a warm enough winter coat. <laughs> um, but get out your hard hat and those steel-toed boots and uh, see what's out there for you. Because I think there are a lot of the economy of the present and the future is going to require that. Anyway, that's just my little soapbox. Well, I'm going to jump on a soapbox too, just to remind our listeners that the Wilson Center does host interns uh, from Canada, from Mexico, and we pay. So if you want to take that advice from Jennifer Pierce seriously, uh, there's a way to do it. Just click on the link and, and sign up today. Anyway, that's a commercial for me. So, sorry, Scotty. Or Scotty. apply to any of TC Energy's summer positions. We hire a ton of students. So just go to our website, and um, make an application. There you go. Well, listen, that's a great way to end end our discussion. We're so grateful to you, Jennifer Pierce. Uh, congratulations on all of the work in, in Mexico on behalf of North America. And Chris, I'm always happy to see you, my friend. I'm always happy to see you, but this was a great conversation. Jennifer, thanks for coming on Canusa Street. Well, Scotty and Chris, thanks so very much for the opportunity. And it's really great to see both of you. Happy New Year. Well, Chris, you and I weren't in Mexico City at the Three Amigos, but boy, it kind of feels like we were because it was great to talk about Jennifer. Uh, I didn't know about the meeting. You know, I knew she met with with business leaders and with the with the prime minister and presidents, but I didn't know she met with the first lady. So that was that was a bit of new news. Kind of interesting. It is kind of interesting, and you know, as much as we talk about North America uh, here on Canusa Street, you know, Mexico doesn't always get the focus. And what Jennifer shows is that you know. Canadian know-how and goodwill builds relationships, business is business, and there's a lot that Mexico and Canada can do together. Canada brings a lot to the table, Mexico does too. And so I, I think it's it was really inspiring. Uh, there's a lot we, we could do here, and she's a great example of a great Canadian doing great work. Yeah, I agree. And you know, the other thing that Jennifer explained, and it made it clicked for me for the first time is this. You know, the U.S. and Canada went to Mexico City with a bucket full of complaints about Mexico's energy electricity policy because it's pretty nationalistic and there are concerns about it. And Jennifer, I think, quite ably described the difference of why are natural gas pipelines not subject to the same kind of protectionist complaints uh, that that we have with Mexico. So that, that was good. That was a good learning moment for me. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and energy has been much in the news, but her whole approach of 
build now for Mexico's growth, think about exports, be part of a world conversation on climate transition. That's all that that's all fantastic. I mean, I, I think she and and TC Energy, I think globally are becoming really great contributors to getting us to net zero. Well, yeah, and and the tenacity for this particular leader we had on the podcast to go from a dispute to a success story story and be low key about it. <laughs> I mean, good, good, good for her. That's classic Canadian. Anyway, um, always great to see you on Canusa Street, my friend. It's always great to see you, Scotty, and look forward to seeing you on the street again soon. See you soon. This podcast is brought to you by the Canadian American Business Council and the Wilson Center. If you like this episode, help others find our show and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.